sorted. Right, 1872, let's let's move swiftly on to some rugby. We did have a wee look to see if there was any any news. Uh, probably the, the only bit of news worth mentioning. Um, the warm-up, the British and Irish Lions warm-up test um, at Murrayfield against Japan will be, oh yes, free to air. Um, Channel 4 have p- picked up the, uh, the rights to it. It's the first time that the Lions will be all on what we would call Kunso Telly um, since 1993, uh, which is, I mean, you you were about, you were quite old then, Ian. Yeah, I was, I was just a bairn. That's just when I started smoking by 93. Um, <laughs> no. um, yes, first time uh, for be 30, nearly 30 years. Right. I think Channel 4 are really, like, they are doing a really good thing for rugby and that like there's always the complaints about obviously everything going behind paywall and channel four are fairly new to the to, to rugby coverage um with a pro so like a lot of channels they, they they've got the rights to the, the ireland stuff so um you know it's there tends to be quite a their punditry is quite Irish based. There's quite a few of the, 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 the salty Irish guys. Although I must say I really like um Jimmy Heaslip. I actually quite like him as a pundit. Um and I didn't want to. <laughs> he was already on the, the poopy list, but he's he's redeemed himself. He's clawed himself back out the poopy list. Um, I mean to be fair he didn't have, you know, this level of competition was I I mean, like, and people going on about Ronan Agara, like, down at La Rochelle, I, I really enjoy that he was beating one of the Irish provinces with La Rochelle, but I still think Ronan Agara is firmly on my poopy list. I don't think he's so, the only one. There's, no, there's I don't think so. Of, there's been a lot of shade thrown, uh, as the kids would say, that Neil Francis article. But, I assume is that maybe been a hands in the rock. We'll, we'll um, save that for hands in the rock. Let's, let, let's save it for hands in the rock. Yes, we'll do let's, that. Let's bring it up then. So, 1872 Cup decider was this weekend um, over. Uh, so Glasgow v Edinburgh over at uh, Scotstoun. Um, I think we'll just preface this all with what a game of rugby. Thinking back to the the nil nil after sixty five minutes and the first first of the three legs, um, yeah, what a sensational game of rugby! Um, definitely couldn't take your eyes off it. The spoiler alert: Glasgow won uh, and took the to the eighteen seventy two cup back to Scotland. <coughs> but where do we start with this? Um, the the. the we go with the, the indiscipline of Glasgow. It's been a common theme. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, yep. Twenty-four penalties, <laughs> according to the Pro 14's official website. Um, on a press conference call earlier, somebody thought it, uh, yesterday actually somebody thought it was maybe twenty-seven, but the Pro 14 are officially saying twenty-four penalties. Um, and it's, it's a bit of a miracle that Glasgow won because it just gives Edinburgh field position. Um, and it's been it's been the same problem all season with them, uh, but somehow they've managed to, to be pretty prolific when they've had the, the chances, um, and uh, gone ahead, gone out and won. I think it, it was really interesting actually 
<clears throat> as you say, you know, the number of penalties Glasgow conceded um, in in any situation, you should be you shouldn't be winning games conceding twenty four penalties. You know, the 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 common stat is that you need to keep it to ten, 10 or less is is generally considered a, a top performance uh, on the penalty count. I think there's and probably introducing one of our, our one of our newer writers to the blog. Um, there, there's a really interesting piece that's just been posted by Craig Manson. Uh, hi, Craig. I hope to get you on here soon. Um, but Craig's, Craig posted uh, regarding Edinburgh's attack, um, and I think I think there's been a lot made of Edinburgh's inability to kind of convert chances this weekend, of which they had plenty of field position to to do what Edinburgh do very well, and they obviously scored two from from rolling malls. Uh, which is what you would expect to see, but Glasgow's defence wasn't that bad. I thought they had one of their better efforts, um, led yeah. by you know guys like Ryan Wilson. We, he gets a lot of shade on here, but he really he led really well. Yeah, I thought him and uh, Lockatui and Tom Gordon. I mean, when does Tom Gordon not impress us? Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you've just got to... I think, I mean, basically all of Edinburgh's tries sort of eventually came from somewhere out of them all, two straight from yeah. them all, and then the yeah. third kind of just a phase or two later. Um, These are just inviting trouble on. Uh, but I think, I mean, as Craig was saying in his in his piece, Edinburgh's attack is really blunt. Um, yeah. It is all just sort of crash up through a forward and then, you know, hope for a pick and go. Um, that you know they've got Duhan van der Merve out in the wing, and they hardly ever utilised them. Like the one time yeah. he did get a wee bit of a gallop on, it took a sort of despairing Pete Horn lunge and two other <laughs> players to help bring, bring him down. Um, I mean, obviously they've they've had issues at ten, what with John O'Lance not getting a kind of visa, and Chamberlain's had to come in, and a lot of time they have looked very disjointed and try to like just. Even just coming off a set piece move, you know, a couple of phases later, there's, you know, yeah, there's, there's a mispass which completely misses everyone. Um, <laughs> but it, uh, it was um, both teams actually had plus ninety percent tackle uh, tackle rates. Classical run ninety two. Um, they missed one less, but they made the over twenty more than Edinburgh did. Yeah. So I mean, this has been the thing with Glasgow, like when they've actually been set. Sometimes they're, they're quite good, but it's been the mall defence has been a nightmare. I remember, you know, the Irish teams have just pummeled both Glasgow and Edinburgh that. Went to town, haven't they? Yep, um, and then scramble defence and just switching off at key moments. And it's, it's yeah. be quite a good area of ours, but now it seems to be, you know, if a team gets a chance, if, if there's a breakaway, they're going to score. Yeah, like it will eventually result in a score. And I think that was... That was really evident this weekend. What the bit for me and back back to discipline. Um, and I'm not going to single out players necessarily, but let's say one or two very experienced Glasgow Warriors players, um, very much done their absolute damnedest to ensure Edinburgh were in position for quite a lot. So the first try comes directly from a mindless penalty from Fraser Brown. A mindless penalty. It was a Glasgow penalty that was reversed for him 
pushing a player. Yeah, I mean, that just seems a bit soft. You know, there's always a wee bit of pushing and shoving, especially in a derby game. Um, yeah. But mean, you know yes, what you, you, you said you should... to me? You said to me, that referee, you know what you're going to get with him. You know that he's, he's picky, he's pedantic, he's going to penalise very minimal things. And if you're a very, I mean, you're captain, you're, you're captain on the night, you need to set the example. And he's he's called him out straight away and said, you're the captain, I expect better. It's now a penalty against you. It, it's it just, and the problem I have with it is Fraser, again, Fraser Brown, we've had this conversation, would he be a lion if it wasn't for these stupid penalties that he's given away? Potentially. There's no reason why he wouldn't be. Yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's we've seen how destructive he is as a ball carrier, we know how good he is over the ball. Uh, arrows, you know, but if you've got quality line-out jumpers, maybe that would... Yeah. I'm not saying that Scotland have poor line-out jumpers, but it does seem to have been a recurring uh, flaw. Yep. Um, yeah, but it's it just becomes more more and more apparent that he will he will give away more than one penalty a match more more than likely definitely and it's and you want a player you want a player to be playing on the edge and that's fine there's there's ways to do that but there's playing on the edge so guys like Jamie Ritchie let's go go over to Edinburgh Jamie Ritchie like he'll give away penalties during the game but they're almost for the most part, they're 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 penalties that you're okay with, because he'll get away with two, he'll get away with three. Fraser Brown's penalties, they're, they're just they're just stupid. There's no need for them, you know. Slow the ball down at a breakdown, give away a penalty, fine, right, okay, it happens. Um, maybe be a bit more sensible next time. Push someone when they're on the floor when it's already your ball. Come on, change your line to obstruct somebody. Uh, that's oh, that's it. That's an FB special. He loves that one. Quite, quite a lot of no arms tackling going on as well. Uh, mm-hmm. He goes for a chop and just ends up shoulder barging someone in the shins. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's a line, and he quite often finds himself on the wrong side of it. And you contrast that. It almost feels like I'm the guy doing the Edinburgh defence here. Ian. So contrast that with uh, everyone's favourite um, New Scotland's hooker. Dave Cherry, who again doesn't it doesn't do much wrong. It just consistently does. It's it's the old Ross Ford adage. It's the six out of ten over and over again. Do the basics right and do them well. And he's, you know, we we all kind of we had a wee laugh for a joke about you know a Dave Cherry or or George Turner because we're 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 all of the opinion Fraser Brown and. Um, Stuart McAnally are probably still considered to be our top top hookers but George Turner has put his hand up and there's no reason why he wouldn't be <coughs> banging on the door to be to be Glasgow's number one and then Dave Cherry as well he's he's he, you know he's consistently doing the right things and I, I think there's a lot to be said for having these guys involved in the squad so, um, will we talk? So, I think let, let's let's do a couple of backs now from each side. Just have a wee chin wag <coughs> about them. I thought, from an Edinburgh perspective, I thought Damien Hoyland 
was absolutely insanely good. Defensively, wow. Yeah, he put in one particularly memorable tackle on, uh, I think it was Kyle Steen. Or it was Greg. Greg, I think he caught Greg. Greg was on the outside and he caught him. An absolute peach. If he doesn't make that tackle, it's try time. And um, yeah, he's yeah. been impressive the last couple of weeks. So I think that's, you know, we're going to be talking possible Scotland tourers. Um, obviously, he's not had much of a look in with, um, you know, Kinghorn being preferred option at fullback, Darcy, Duhan, all the rest of you. So, you know, he's had to bide his time. Um, but no, he's, he's been in fine fettle. Um, he, remi- he reminded me a lot, actually, of so the, way, the way he put himself about. Again, well, we talked a few weeks ago about the benefits of the Sevens programme. And he reminded me a lot of like Lee Jones when he came back from Sevens. That that defensive awareness. Because like, in Sevens, you just you have to make that tackle. If you don't make the tackle, it's it's try time. So these the defensive work these guys get through, it's I don't think it's something you necessarily get from just playing fifteens over and over. There's more of a, a kind of risk and reward approach. Maybe maybe Nick Gregg should go and play some sevens. He, he did. He used to play sevens. Oh, yeah, he did actually, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, funnily, you should say, that the other person I was going to pick out for Edinburgh uh, was Aroni Sow, who yes. did, also did um, two or three fantastic bits of defensive work um, and always looks a handful. And again, you know, Fijian, he's obviously played a bit of sevens in his time. Um, yeah, because there was two massive turnovers he, he won. Yeah. With Glasgow sort of camped on, well, not camped on the line, but you know, in not, not, in the Edinburgh twenty two. Um, so he did he did spectacularly well in that, that aspect, and he, he was all right in attack. But you know, it's, it's not getting a lot work. of good ball to play with. Well, that's that's the other thing, isn't it? It's you know, well, and we've already said that if the back if the back line if it's not going past or very far past first receiver, then. You know, a guy like like Sow, who is a great attacking runner, is not really getting much to do, and it is a shame when you when you consider, and we'll come on to the the discipline issues later on. Uh, but when you consider that starting back line, you've got Mark Bennett in there, you've got Duhan, you've got Sow. You know, that's you you let any of them loose, Hoyland as well. You know, get get them on the ball, and there's a lot of damage that could be done. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a shame, actually. Um, moving over to Glasgow. Um, so we'll not talk about the man of the match yet. We'll come on to him last because uh, I think that will lead us nicely into some other chat. But um, Kyle Stain, what a, another amazing performance. Yeah, welcome back. We've certainly missed him. Um, yeah, there was a couple of incredible kick chases. Again, he's... Uh, helped when he won a turnover off Bill Matter of all people, um, and then you know straight after Edinburgh scored the first try, uh, his kick chases uh, and, and Fraser Brown manages to get on uh, onto the ball and Glasgow you know, uh, extend their lead straight away. Um, yeah, he, he's you know he's he's missed nearly. I think it's been over a year uh, since he's properly played. They were saying fourteen months. Yeah, which is a long that. time out. Mm, um, I didn't realise it had been that long, but obviously, what with the the pandemic and all, I remember he got injured just sort of um, when he'd been called up to the Scotland's Six Nations twenty twenty squad. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, he's not not really been able to play since. Um, the team, yeah. I think sure I think maybe had a run out, but uh, he's a cracking player. I like him at thirteen as well because he's a strong yeah. defender. Um, he's but, very again benefit the sevens program. His defensive works great, and I thought what was really impressive uh, with him. Obviously, he's got he's got gas to burn as well, but he the energy he was bringing. So he was he was one of the more vocal guys. And again, when we're still in this situation where you've got no no fans, you know you. You need players like him who are going to really just give you a bit of a lift and yeah, shout and ball and pat everybody on the back and get everybody going, um, which was exactly what he what he did. Um, so just before we go on to, to um, every, everyone's Man of the Match and Warrior of the Month as well, actually, um, just uh, just announced, um, let's, let's talk very briefly about... Um, the red cards, shall we? Um, so, for those those of you who have been living under a rock, the the, the Rainbow Cup, um, which is a slight colour of beige because we're not actually um, we're not actually doing the rainbow element of it, um, given the, the the issues with travel to South Africa just now. Uh, but we are doing new law variation trials, and one of these is the. Um, a red card can be replaced after 20 minutes, um, which I think we've seen the benefit of it later on in the match, but we also saw how it doesn't work. And I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on that because, so the situation was um, Mark Bennett got sent off for a, a a high shot on uh, Ali Price. I don't think there was any complaints with regards to it. Mark Bennett certainly seemed fairly relaxed about the decision. Um, it was actually it came about from a captain's challenge, uh, which interestingly the TMO did re- did review it during the match and then said it was fine. Which I mean, there, there was a lot going on. That's a kind way of saying he's clanged that one. It was Holly Davidson. Was it? Oh, sorry, Holly. Yeah, well, she got it wrong. Um, She got it wrong. It was, yeah, she reviewed it during the game. Yeah, I think maybe they'd. Because there's so many incidents happening, do we need more more officials? I mean, we don't need to make it like American football, you know, like 40 flags on the play, you know, every every line of scrimmage. That's Um, it. But I mean, there's a there's thirty players on that field. A lot of stuff going on off the ball, uh, beyond the ball, everywhere, and, you know, on the ball. So you know, there's a lot of uh, eyes needed. So could we maybe? And this because we end up spending half our time whinging about referees. We do. If, if we had more referees, would it be better, or would it just make more of a mess? Would there be more people to whinge about? Indeed, like we need, like we need any reason. I know. So, the way it transpired, uh, Glasgow actually had um, Rob Harley in the sin bin at that point. So, in reality, the only and then I think they only benefited from ten minutes or so of red card time. 
I don't even think if even that. Because <laughs> then, Mr. Kebble, um, Ollie Kebble went and got himself sent off uh, for right. Let's we'll, we'll not talk. We'll not talk about Mr. Pergos's uh, role in this yet because I think we might have a wee chat about that later on. But Ollie Kebble for for what it's worth, elbowed um, elbowed uh, elbowed Henry Pergos. Off the ball, the play was dead. Um, Pergos was being niggly, trying to get the ball off him when he shouldn't have been, and got promptly elbowed in the face, which resulted in another captain's challenge from Edinburgh and a red card for Glasgow. So, Mark Bennett was a shoe in red card. I'm happy with that. Cable? Um, the amount of force is one thing. They were saying that. Um... During columns, John Barclay and Chris Patterson. The only thing that could have negated it is the the amount of force that was put in, because it was a a violent shrug of the shoulder, shall we say, with a yeah. elbow going into face. Um, that is, it was stupid. You know, Kebble's got a bit of a temper. We've seen him lashing out a few times, and uh, you know, derby match, scrum half, uh, tempers need to be. You need to make sure you're. You're um, you're on point. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, um, I think yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think um, you you know fine well. Like so, ten ten years ago you might have got away with it. Fifteen years ago you might have might have got away with it. But now there's if cameras. You're all black, you'd get away with it. If you're all black, you'd get away with it. But now with all the um, all the, the sort of onus on player behaviour, you're never, it's just, again, it's just brain dead. It's so stupid of them to 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 do that. And, you know, um, we've got, so Sam, um, Sam Laycock is, is kind of saying it looked worse than it was. Yeah, it probably did. But actually, ultimately, it's not about how it looked. It's there was contact, however much you want to say, there was contact, and he has lashed his elbow out. And we just players can't behave like that anymore. It's you know, people need to get away from this idea that we can have the rough, tough enforcer, you know, out doing uh, grabbing people by the throat and throwing elbows and, and punching folk. It's just that's not the sport we have anymore, and it's for the best. Like I, I, I would happily have that debate with people that, you know, if we want to go down the the good old days and the let, let's let the boys play, we'll we'll have that argument. Does that deserve a whoop Jackson? I think it probably does, doesn't it? <laughs> All right, two seconds. There we go. There we go. There we go. Right, I've I've whooped Jackson myself. Um, and yeah, Alan McDonald's spot on. He chucked an elbow. He's he'd read all day long. That uh, like in basic terms, that is it. You know, you can argue the semantics of it till till the cows come home. Um, but you're not you're not going to get anywhere with that. It's it's a red card. Um, so let's let's talk about man of the match, uh, Cole Forbes. Um, now we've been very clear from very early on in his fledgling Glasgow career that we both like the cut of this guy's cloth. We like what he is all about, uh, in spite of his extracurricular activities. Um, what another another cracking performance. He was at the heart of 
everything good Glasgow were doing. And in particular, I thought him and he seems to have a, a already a decent connection with Ross Thompson, worked very well with him and uh, just a classy operator with a kind of brute force streak about him. Um, yeah, I mean, cracking line and timing of his run to, to get that first try. And he's just sized right across that 45 degree angle. Um, and then he's shown the other side of his game with the um, the assist for the Kyle Stain try. Um, I, he sawed under a high ball. He doesn't miss too many tackles. Uh, he runs like the Jesus. Um, actually, I asked, uh, asked Danny Wilson um, specifically about him at a press conference yesterday. Um, and I, I don't have time to write an article, so I'll just read out what he said here. Um, he said, yeah, he's been outstanding. He's quite a find for us. He's very young in the same age bracket as some of the names we mentioned. We'd be talking about Rufus McLean and Ollie Smith and that before, see if they'd be getting more game time. Um, and now I've lost that. Uh, I flipped my phone and it was disappeared. That's annoying. Um, uh, he took a bit of a bang in that game, so he might not play this week. Um, but he's had a few games for us, but he has had a couple of injuries as well. He's definitely one for the future. Um, and very much so, because we need to remember, he looks older than 21, and he plays older than 21, but he still is only 21 years old. Um, and he already yeah. looks like he has a pretty rounded skill set. Um, yeah, so I think we've, we've managed to get ourselves a bit of a, a, bit of a coup there. He's one of those players, isn't he, that, you know, you see, we talk a lot with both Glasgow and Edinburgh about them taking um, rugby risks, which is players who are <coughs> players who are coming over who are maybe, maybe not necessarily, they don't have the pedigree. They're not, a, you know, so a guy like Callum Gibbons coming over. He had played super rugby. He had you know, even even someone like Sean Maitland years ago coming over. They had played super rugby. They had a pedigree about them. <clears throat> they had maybe some All Blacks interest, but for one reason or other, it hadn't quite panned out. Guys like Forbes are a much much bigger kind of gamble. Essentially, it's like as a young guy who's maybe got something, but. Let's see how he handles it. Pardon me. Almost in some ways, um, they can they can be a much more exciting prospect because you know a guy who's willing to come all the way across the world to come and play some rugby, nothing really to lose. It reminds me a lot of Sam Johnson actually, who Sam Johnson had a wee bit more pedigree about him, but again, quite unknown. Moved his life across the world. He said himself in interviews, he was like, "I was kind of just happy to get a couple of years out of it." think play a wee bit of rugby for a couple of years uh, and then go and get a real job. And he strikes me as that sort of player, you know, just kind of doing it for the love of the game. But bloody good player as well. Um, yeah, sort of, I'd say, you know, as well as Sam Johnson, when you were going back to the likes of Maitland, you look at uh, Nico Matawalu, Leonie Nakarawa. There's yeah. a couple of guys who were plucked from... I mean, especially in the case of Nakarawa, I think was he not just plucked from like the British Army team? Yeah, no, he was, yeah, um, yeah, completely amateur um, and plucked out of nowhere. So there's a lot to be said for that, and <coughs> I think um, so. Cole Forbes um, has a Scottish relative, grand. Scottish grand, excellent. So the old Scottish granny, or the old Scottish granny, the Tunnock yeah. Steakakes. Uh, so. 
I would imagine then that um, if we move on to the summer tour talk, which uh, the news regarding the summer tour is that the the A fixture that Scotland are going to play will be against the newly uh, renamed. Is it renamed if it goes back to an old name? I don't know. But our good pals, England A, will be giving us a wee game down in Leicester um, before we do the two main tour fixtures, which is Georgia and Romania, isn't it? If I remember rightly. So um, we are going to see um, lots of new picks and lots of opportunities. And the A fixture, the A team is our capture team, so we will be looking to cap players. And I would think... Forbes will be there or thereabouts for that, surely. Yeah, if not the A, then certainly the, um, the actual Georgia Romania tour, um, I would think. Because, you know, if someone like um, Rufus McLean, he's been called into the Scotland squad on the back of you know, a couple of good performances. Um, and Forbes has certainly done that. And then you'd say, um, in terms of consistency, probably outshone him, McLean. Not to say McLean's been bad, it's just that Forbes has been that bloody good. Um, so yeah, he'll definitely be playing a part um, sometime this summer. Um, they might even just try him out in the A game and then sort of say, "Yeah, I think we will take him." Because I mean, Georgian. To be fair, I think the England A game is probably going to be the the hardest of the three fixtures because um, you know you know that England have got a lot of strength and depth. Yeah, we should we should probably clarify that. Um... England A, for those who are of a certain vintage and are, are listening uh, or watching, uh, England, the England Saxons, as they were known. Um, so um, the RFU continue to do that, what Exeter Chiefs have failed to do, and uh, are recognising that uh, sometimes, sometimes a name is very important and... Uh, they wanted to rename the England Saxons as England A because they thought that was more representative of the diversity uh, of culture that they were trying to encourage within the RFU. It also links quite heavily into the work that has already been started by Hugo Monnier uh, and his task force of, um, of, of uh, work down there. See, I, I don't know. I didn't see that explanation that they changed the name, and I'm glad I didn't see it on Twitter because I imagine that was a pure gammon fest. I would imagine there was ham. I mean, that would have been a, like a butcher's mate. Yeah, it would have been a cheese and ham baguette with extra ham. I'm thinking, so maybe with some pickle. I'd, maybe I be a cheese, cheese and pickle where we bit of ham. Because I'm thinking, mainly ham. I'm thinking, I mainly ham because I'm thinking pickle. I don't know. In my head, pickle pickles like the next level of of gammon. You know, like you've got gammons and then you've got like pickled gammons. I don't know yeah, if I pickled gammons. I think when they're just so puce that they've, they've you know, <laughs> yeah. they've so been so, so angry, consumed by their own gammons and <laughs> soaking in their own brain of fuel. <laughs> oh dear! Uh, <laughs> so to set that off. Yes, I'm, I'm still choking here. Um, yeah, that's that was the logic behind it. So I think there's an opportunity there to, to make sure that we capture a few people. There's a few names already in the um, 
a few of the normal normal names that kind of come up um, at this point. Um, yeah, Ashman already seems it does seem committed to us. However, Eddie's batting his eyelids at him, giving uh, giving him the come hither. Um, so we shall see. Um, I think I think the A will be a really interesting one because you've got obviously Mike Blair's leading the leading the team. And I would imagine it will be used as a capture for a few players like Forbes. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of familiar faces in there. A lot of guys like the, the lesser spotted Blair Cowan might make an appearance, for example, out of nowhere. Yeah, I think his race is run. Uh, Josh Bayless, I think, will be one. Um, mm-hmm. One person who will not be going is Grant Gilchrist. Uh, he's had to get ankle surgery, I believe. I so he's he's out for the rest of the season. Yeah, he he came off after I think it was 60, 65 minutes. It did, yeah. Um, and so I believe uh, Gaff Harper said he'd had to get surgery. Right. So that's that's Gilco once again rolled out of a summer tour. Another a summer tour, yeah. How many summer tours has he actually managed to be on? That's Probably. No, it's it on purpose so he can go on holiday in the beach. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, he's. Aye, he's, a, he's actually. I've got a fortnight at Fort Aventura booked up, wasn't that? He's actually, he's actually booked in just north of South Africa for a wee, uh, for a wee, for a wee jaunt. Uh, the ge- geography six ride again. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, my my logic for guy like Burkhound, I, I totally agree with his race has run absolutely. But I think the the mistake they made a couple of years ago with the North American tour. Um, with that famous loss to the US was people people talk about the experience that we didn't have that day. We should also remember that our current Scotland captain made his first um he was he was he was Scotland captain for the first time that day. Um I think he's matured a lot since that day, let's be fair. But um there was a lack of experience that day and I think it it was kind of borne out in the way that the um, the US were allowed to dominate that fixture, so I don't think they'll let that happen again. True, and he has a canny operator, and um, you know seems to be playing some of the best rugby of his career um, yep. at the moment. Uh, yeah, I think it would be as a sort of well, almost like an enforcer kind of role, or just more of a a, a nanny almost. <laughs> uh, and then you could have the likes of uh, I don't know, maybe Luke Crosby playing uh, with him at six, so you've got that sort of dual open side thing going on again. Um, yeah. It'll be there as the it'll be the tour barber as well. That as well, yeah. Because everyone knows, everyone knows that. Like, I mean, some of the barnets that have been on the go since since the uh, the hairdressers. I mean, even since the hairdressers reopened, people have obviously said, do you know what? No, I'm going to do this myself. And I think there's a role for someone like Blair Cowan to, to really fill. Yeah, <laughs> so. the, the, the psychological boost of having a decent haircut for the players, you know, if they That's it. walk onto the pitch proud of their appearance, confident in themselves. So do you think, then, for the summer tour that we are going to see... <coughs> oh, geez, um so Townsend always has a has a let's let's call it Tooney's pick, where he plucks someone out of absolute obscurity um, to join the Scotland squad. Will we see any of those, or do you think maybe Townsend 
given that he'll have his, uh, he'll be he'll be busy elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe we'll go, we'll maybe not get Finlay Christie, for example? Yeah, I can't see him like that. Um, there's, there seems to be a lot of chat coming out of Edinburgh about Ben Muncaster. He's highly rated, so, and you know, as one of these guys, I think primarily he would be viewed as a number eight or a, a blind side, a sort of traditional blind side. And that's always one area we're a wee bit short on. So there is a possibility that he'll be going. Or, I mean, what are the chances of someone like Adam Ash making a comeback? Depending on how things are going in LA. I would have to, I mean, it would depend on the Wi Fi signal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there we go. Thank you, Gordon McCracken, for for jumping in there. Somebody, somebody had to. We've had we've had Finley Christie. Like who's who's the other ones? Uh, Nathan uh, Ben Velicott. Ben Velicott, of course. Now that he's signed for Edinburgh, of course he's going to oh, be. There's a, boy, there's a boy that plays for Saracens, Andrew Christie. Oh yes, I used to be Scotland's under sixteen. He's played under eighteen <coughs> England. There we yep. go. Lure him. That's, you know. that's how we. That's how we. Yeah. So I mean, basically, what we're saying here is anyone that has even the remotest possible connection to Scottish rugby, if we can get them, get them hooked up. Let's get them on this A A tour. Um, let's get them along. I I don't think um, so. Whilst Mister Hunter Hill is a very, very, very talented rugby player. I'm not entirely sure he is um, completely... I don't think he'll be touring for Scotland. I'll leave it at that. I don't know. I, I, I would, I see I would love I mean, to be proven wrong. I would, I would think that... you know, We've seen that time heals wounds. Just think about Tony and Finn. Ah, Tony and Finn. Yes, we have seen that time heals wounds, but we've also seen that... Um, as predicted, John Hardy has not played for Scotland again um, since since his uh, his exile to Newcastle. So, um, yes, there's not saying that it's comparable. Let's be very clear. Um, just that there has been issues with with um, Cam Hunter Hill in the past, and um, I don't think all is well with both sides. Both both, both parties tend not to get on. But I believe Cam Hunter Hill has a a podcast or a blog or something that he does that's very mindful um, and very very meditative, and he likes to think deeply about things. So maybe that maybe there is an opportunity there. Maybe I'm being um, maybe the old cynic in me, so negative, couldn't even get a positive COVID test. That's how negative I am. Um, so yeah. Two negatives make a positive. That's that's basically our uh, our whole uh, rhythm section in in the band. We're, we're so negative, we make a positive. Um, so at the time it becomes jazz. That's it. Yeah, we we make the time. <clears throat> Will Gary Graham ever play again? Yes, I would imagine so. I would expect expect him to probably feature. I but he said. His chances, he's not exactly grabbed them. Uh, he's tended to just give away penalties. Um, yeah. 
I mean, as long as I mean, this is the thing, he's if he keeps performing at a high enough level in the Premiership, then obviously you can't overlook him unless unless there's something particular about his style that Townsend doesn't like. But he has picked him before. He's managed to make him, you know, he's he's lured him to the the light side of the force. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, there's a chance for him, but I think he's going to have to realise after his last performance, he's probably pushed himself back to the bottom of the queue. Or near the yeah, bottom. I think... I think so, yeah. I think, but again, that's where this this tour is a good opportunity for players like that to, you know, they've talked they've talked about that with the Lions actually, about players almost playing themselves back into form, and there's an opportunity there if you're going into quite a, quite maybe hopefully quite an experienced Scotland setup, but you know, there's going to be if Gary Graham goes on tour, he's going to be one of the more experienced rugby players on that tour potentially, whilst he doesn't have international experience to the extent that some others may. He's been around the block, he knows his way about a rugby pitch and there's a confidence that can come from that, just knowing that you are one of the elder statesmen and sometimes that's all it takes for a player to really find their feet at international rugby. So, let's see. Um, But I agree with you, I think he, and actually I'm kind of talking myself around here, but like, I've, I've I've had him at the back of the queue for quite some time anyway. I I I didn't get on board with the Gary Graham hype train, despite the fact he had a wonderful beard. <laughs> yeah, um, a beard does not always make us a man, as as can be <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding? You you are, oh, you are you are very manly at training yesterday. Don't you worry. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll still. I still have not worn my yellow boots yet. <laughs> I'm just waiting to wear these yellow boots and get my ass handed to me. I know. Just wait. Wait till contact training's back. They are ridiculously really... comfy, though. Like, I really want to run about in them because I've tried to one. Like, oh man, these are really comfy. I love Puma boots. <laughs> so, anything else, summer tour wise? Is is anything um, else? I can't else? really think of any other. Any other bolters? Um, obviously, Cummings took a, a bit of a bang. Uh, yeah, Glasgow came out and said, said he was... Um, they were quite cryptic about the statement, actually. They said he was fine and he was well enough to um, be involved in the trophy presentation at the end of the match. Um, so, and I did see him... I saw him when I watched the game back uh, the other day there, I did see, like, at the end, there were all shaking hands and stuff. He was up and about and he was talking to I think it was Jimmy Ritchie actually and he was saying, he kind of was indicating ah, I'm alright, I'm fine. Uh, but it was yeah, it was a very shocking one actually, how quickly yeah. he was down. Well, it could be just one of these things. I've heard like um, you know, it's just a wee sort of trigger at the back of your jaw, I think. That it's yeah. like a knockout button. Um, so I remember there was a, a sort of a UFC big brother and, uh, there was, and there was a, a guy that was convinced he couldn't get knocked out. So he was like, oh, yeah, you, you can't knock me out, bro. And this dude, he's like, no, you can. It's like physical, it's a physical reaction. It's not a mental yeah. thing. It's not yeah. It's not about heart or anything. It's a physical thing. You'll get knocked out. You can't knock me out, bro. Drill. Down. Down. Down you go, son. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully comes. Roy Hutchison, yeah. There's, there's Gordon. Gordon uh, 
like not being funny, but Gordon, I think you should be on the selectors. Um, so if you can just get in contact with SRU, we know they listen anyway. So um, to the poor intern that's yeah, I mean, listening to this, Lang Lang Hutchinson at twelve thirteen, that might be an option. <sighs> I'm going to get accused of Glasgow bias, but I just can't see what everybody else is in Lang. I I want desperately to be proven wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking maybe he's one of these guys that takes. He could be the new Chris Harris. Just takes a while to settle. Um, but obviously, well, that's that's going to turn to Edinburgh. But whenever <laughs> I'd heard people saying he'd been playing well for Harlequins, whenever I stuck it on, he'd have a shocker. <laughs> like, I mean, oh, he's played well. Watch this. Oh, wait, he's just thrown an intercept pass and cost his team the game. Uh, Dang. But, um, <laughs> no, I will see a lot more of him. But obviously, he'll get more time probably at Edinburgh as he's one of their um, sort of bigger name signings so far. Yeah. I I think I think Chris Harris will be the new the new baseline for Scotland um debutants uh, as they come through. We'll we'll go is he a Harris or you know or is, it, is he Harris or Hugh? Harris or Hugh, yes. It's a our new uh, our new benchmark, Harris or Hugh. Um so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the selections look like. I would imagine as well there'll be there'll be a few guys probably a few guys will use because um, obviously we're, <coughs> we're now at the middle of a World Cup cycle which is terrifying given that it feels like 12 minutes ago that we were playing this mob. Um, yeah. We were uh, arguing about a tsunami. Exactly. I know, right? Um, but Midway through a World Cup cycle, normally teams like New Zealand will, <coughs> sorry, um, they will normally rest players. Um, you would normally do a kind of a rest gap period at this point. So we might see a few players given the summer off. Um, and we also might see a few players who are given the summer off with a view to making sure they're in the vicinity of uh, Joe Burke uh, in case of emergency for for the uh, they got last summer off, they don't get this one as well. Ah, that's uh, true, actually. Yeah, maybe maybe that will have an impact. One of my concerns would actually be Locke. Now thinking about it, be Cummings out. Yeah, um, Gilco out. Johnny Gray. Well, we don't know Cummings is out, but obviously it's going to be a concern. Gilchrist is out. Um, the lesser spotted Ben Toulouse, is he, is he still on the injury list? The, the, I'm sure the, I've seen him in squads. Everyone's favourite, like, Scottish rugby's, Scottish rugby's Thor himself. Mm. Like if, yeah, I think Ben Toulouse could be a shout. Alex Craig as well. Would yes, be, he'll, 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 really he'll be there. Um, what we have seen is, is looked good, um, but he could be an option. Sam Skinner. Skinner at, Skinner at four or five, yeah, absolutely. Have they not scheduled, like, it's not this whole debacle about the Premiership still being ongoing, because the Premiership final scheduled for the same day as the uh, Japan Lions game, um, and I think then Scotland have scheduled the England game for either the day prior or the day after, um, or certainly within a week of it, so that would... yeah. I, th- I, th- I think there'll be some negotiations going on with regards to that. Um, probably worth, yeah. I mean, Skinner, 
Skinner's likely to be involved in the Premiership final, as is like certainly Johnny Gray. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we'll, for the most part, our English contingent will be available to us. But uh, yeah, I wonder if Bradbury will go because he's been filling in a lot sometimes. <sighs> can, can can we can he, you know, rekindle that? <laughs> that, that slight little spark that still remains. Do you remember when they went down the route of playing Dave Denton at Lock as well? I mean, what is what is the deal with putting brutish eight Ed, Edinburgh eights and putting them at Lock? I, I, I'm not I'm not on board with this. I need to have some words, but ah, Bradbury's a really interesting one. I think he, you know. <sighs> Is he young enough to say that, like, or sorry, is he old enough to say his race is run? I don't know, but he hasn't, like, he's just not done anything to justify being anywhere near international selection for, aye, forever. Wild card, wild card. Uh, Oh, go for it. Oh, that's a great shout, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is he playing out? Um, uh, New Zealand. Um, ah, he's a, he's a, like sorry, like Atto, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah, I thought, I thought so. Yeah, um, that's a great shout because he, again, he's he's very highly rated over there. So, yeah. and he's not like um, oh God, I've completely forgotten his name now. Blake, the Blake boys. Oh no, no. What about um, someone like Kieran McDonald? I just don't. I mean, he's he's broken all the time. Yeah, I don't. But it he looks like. I mean, I I've got a bit of an affinity with Kieran McDonald because of that hairdo. He just looks. He just looks so like I'm so bald. It is. <laughs> oh, it. I mean, uh, fair enough. Again, if we go back to our, if we go back to our logic that people will be picked on their tour haircuts, then Kieran McDonald's obviously a problem because. You know what is what is Blair Cowan going to work his magic with? Like one of those TV shows, I'm sure he'll be able to backcomb it and do something magnificent. So, based on that logic as well, Nick Gregg will go as tour captain <coughs> with his new freshly installed plugs. Well, speaking of which, Stafford McDowell, although he had a good game, uh, he did, he did. Yeah. He's, he's dead. You you've been beating the beating the Stafford drum for quite some time actually, asking where the hell he's been. Yeah. <coughs> um, yeah, a, he had a shoulder problem, so he was out for basically six months. Um he he was on press conference yesterday. Uh I, I can't say much more because I think it's still under embargo. But I'm sure I mean we can all look and see that he was injured for six months. Um so yeah, it's good to see him back. So I think he's a a really good player, uh, big brute of a boy. Um, yeah, he's the sort of boy who looks when he takes the ball into contact. Like if you're not paying attention, you're like, oh, that's a big, that's a big back row carrying the ball in. He, yeah, he's, he's very big lad, six six five. five. Yeah, yeah, six five. Um, same as same as Blair Kinghorn as well. He's six five. Bloody massive. So, um, um, let's let's just do this before we go on. So, what fly halves do we reckon we'll go on tour? Uh, Thompson, Yakko. I don't know if Hastings will be fit. 
Donkey Weir. Uh, I think he'd take Chamberlain ahead of Weir. I think he would be sensible to take Chamberlain ahead of Weir. Um, because you know my views on the the regressive um, approach taking Duncan Weir is. Um, yeah, I think I think Thompson Thompson's spot on. Yako will go for because he's got experience. Um, I don't know Hastings. He might he'll either not be fit or he'll get the the the, the summer off to go and move because they quite often do when you're moving to a new club. You kind of get a bit of time off to go and kind of yeah. make your way down and settle in. It's one of the better things the SRU do. So, um, Hastings. Could Kinghorn go as the emergency ten? That he's, upsets me. He's played, he's played a Champions Cup match there. That upsets me in a lot <laughs> of different ways. I knew it would. But, <laughs> but, but you know, it's, it's not. I, I'm just saying who could go. Um, um, I would probably imagine that someone like. Um, well, yeah. Said would, Lang, but, but, yeah. You know, he's moving to Edinburgh now, so. He might, he might get a bit of time. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, maybe I would think Thompson and Anyako are probably nailed on. Duncan Weir's a possible um, Hastings if he's fit, but I think there might be a surprise in the cards. We might might be able to. Um, there might be something coming out. Um, who knows? There might be someone somewhere who wants to play ten for Scotland. Uh, uh, Charlie Savala, the the Edinburgh boy, because uh, his stars. Uh, is that Scottish? <laughs> there was an interview with yeah. him yesterday as well. There's loads of fascinating stuff. He seems an interesting young man. Oh. I know. So let's let's quickly do a Lions debrief before we go on to our hands of the ruck. Hamish Watson has come out and said um, he has quoted Rage Against the Machine lyrics uh, to all of those uh, haters going to hate, hate, hate who are saying that he's too small. Um, which I was really, really glad to see. Did Hamish Watson actually paraphrase Rage Against the Machine? No, I've kind of in oh, my head, know. like what he was he, saying. If it was Hamish Watson, that would have just been like, oh my God, he is so cool. Um, that would have been amazing, wouldn't it? It would, uh, especially with that haircut. Um, I don't think he would be allowed to, based on the kind of press, the press control, the way they, they kind of PR managed the guys. I don't think he would be allowed to come out and quote Killing in the name of during a press conference. I, st- uh, I mean, not? if it happens, I will, I will, I will applaud. But I don't think so. That's, that's the new, new Bears to get on References of players put into their <laughs> press conferences this week. Um, oh man, do we need to do another lines debrief? I've been talking about this number. <laughs> No, uh, we don't. We just need to say Hamish Watson um, has come out and said he's annoyed at people mentioning that he's too small. Um, he's pointed out that in other sports, um, dynamic positions are normally uh, held by those small, strong and fast players, which he uh, obviously identifies as. Um, other than that, Danny Cares came out and said he was gutted to not be picked again. Uh, you would think, I mean, honestly, I have no time in the world for Danny Kerr. I actually don't like him <laughs> that much. So my heart truly bleeds for you. This is the size of the violin you have. For those on audio, I've got a tiny little violin here. I'm just going to... There you go. 
So, you need yeah, a new synthesizer if that's your violin sound. Um, ah, uh, mate, uh, that's it's, it's my violin for Danny Care. You see, if, if, if Hamish Watson's too small, right? Did the people say that to Roy Jones Jr. when he went out in the ring against Nikolai Valuev? No, they did not. Hell no. Was it eight, eight weights did he win world titles at? Yep. Like five of the major ones and then sort of the yep. subdivisions. Um, yeah, no, it's just, it's absolute crap. It's, you know, it's it's all the miserable drone journals that keep peddling at this pish. Uh, and they had Neil, Neil Francis. Um, well, let's it... hold, hold there. <coughs> Neil Francis, right? Let's do this. I am currently showing a discipline unheard of at this side of the M8 um, by trying to keep to some semblance of time. Yes, it is hands in the ruck. It is time for our any other business. Who has riled us, got us racy, or just made us feel pure tingly inside? It is our, our uh, I think, well, let's, let's just go to you straight away, Ian, and we can bring in quite a few people have mentioned Mr. Francis. Mm. Now, unfortunately, um, I've run out of free articles, so I can't bring it up. And also, the the place where I'd seen a, a text transcript of it, I've I've been banned from that group because the uh, founder obviously has strange standards. I mean, there's an implied swear word in the title of the group, and I starred out a sweary word, and it wasn't directed at a fellow member or anything. I starred out a couple of swear words. And, and, I, and I've been booted out of the group, but I mean, to be honest, it was full of gammons anyway. It was, it was quite something. It was quite interesting because there was somebody who uh, has a lot of historical sort of things kicking about, and you know, he'd share pictures of them, so that was interesting. But the rest of the time, it was just the same old pish. Um, particularly the oh, well, oh, they keep finding foreign players. Why don't you give the young Scottish boys a chance? All right, fair enough. Just calm down. Um, yes, Neil Francis. Has joined the pantheon of old crone journalists uh, peddling out the same old cliched nonsense about Scotland players not being good enough for the Lions. Um, he said that none of them should be anywhere near the test uh, team. Uh, obviously, there was the Hamish Watson's too small crap. Um, Duhan Verdemerva apparently made him sick to his stomach when his name was called out. Uh, and he's like, Oh, he's useless under a high ball. Now, I imagine I've seen a lot more of Duhan van der Merven than this clown has. And I think I only saw him drop one. I think I've only seen him drop one high ball since he's in Scotland Colours. And if you're a Scotland winger, that's usually a pretty good return. Um, and you know, it's just, it's actually sort of bordering on racist, just the fact that they picked on every single player. Yeah, let's just well, yeah. let's deal with racism for a second. Um, we've we've done this a few times on this podcast. Um, yeah, this this is going to right. So I think I think Scotland fans, I I make a I make an appeal to you to not engage with this because this is this is going to be our life for the next three months or so. People are going to call Duhan van der Merwe South African. People are going to refer to our players uh, as not being good enough for the Lions. There was 
I don't think it's unfair to say there was a media campaign against Scottish players, and like that sounds really paranoid, right? And I, I, like, I hear it, but the evidence was there that you know the Tom Curry debate. People, people, absolutely waxing lyrical about Tom Curry when Hamish Watson's infinitely better. Um, it's it, it smacks of racism, and it's people. People are people are afraid of change, and they're afraid of things being different for them. And the Irish press, in particular, have an issue with this because, in their heads, they are still the team that beat the All Blacks. And I'm sorry to tell you guys, and I hope you're all listening because if you are, we're getting paid clicks for it because I would love that. But you're not that good anymore, guys. And yeah, you've beaten us. We've we've beaten ourselves a few times against you, but I take it you didn't mention what country Bundyaki is from, right? Oh, I don't recall that. No. No, um, funny that. No, bet, bet, bet he's his, his, his RCJ standard. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Bet, bet, but uh, Bundy Bundy's as Irish as Guinness, isn't he? And the stuff, yeah. the stuff about Chris Harris was uh, he's like, oh, might as well be but, uh, Neil Harris was that the Orville guy? You know, it's just all it, all it smacks off is you don't watch rugby other than your own. You know, you're you're yeah. just you're you're almost fair weather fans. Um, but what it is, it's um, the same with you know the Times and Telegraph. It is pandering to their readership. That's all it is. They're slightly more conservative, you know, right wing. Uh, that's conservative with a small C and a big C, by the way. Uh, sort of right wing, stuck in the mud. Sort of people like who are just also with a hint of um, superiority. Sort of, they they put it down as being patriotic, but really it's more a sort of current of undertones supremacy about them. Yeah, Yeah. I think this is a fair point. So, uh, Francis Jones, apart, is it more not more a case of many folks still struggling to process that Scotland is now competitive after many years of indifference? If that the mindset, then obviously Curry must, by definition, be superior to Watson. Yeah, I think I think Mark Bell, you're absolutely spot on. There is, I think there is an element of that, but I think Ian's point is valid uh, as well. I think there is what what this does show up is a lack of right. So. You know, we, we've we've talked on, talked on here. I, I watch a lot of different rugby. I watch rugby from from various different leagues. I try to, for the most part, and people will say, "Oh yeah, well you criticise Edinburgh players all the time." I do watch the Edinburgh games, by the way, just to be clear, guys. Um, you know, I try to be quite objective with with players and. and Give you know guys like Tom Curry down in the Premiership. I try to watch games before I say, do you know what? I think he's mince, and I've not, I've not, I've not come out and said that in the slightest. I have said that I think Hamish Watson's a better player. There's an element of um, Scottish pride that comes from that, but also like objectively, he's a better player in all the stats and what I've seen with my admittedly non-professional. Eyes as a rugby fan, I prefer Hamish Watson, but it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't stop me saying that I think that X player, you know, I think Lewis Reece Samet 
is a phenomenal player. Do I think Darcy Graham should tour? Or do I think, you know, I'm struggling to say Glasgow wingers just now because we don't actually have that many decent ones, but, you know, like, or experienced ones, should I say. You know, a guy, like, a few years ago, Sean Maitland, for example, former Glasgow player, do I think that Sean Maitland should tour over Lewis Rizama? Absolutely not. Because Lewis Rizama is a far better attacker just now than Maitland is. So, you know, it's speaking with a degree of authority about players that you've actually watched and not just speaking because your viewership thinks it would be really funny if you criticise Scotland all the time. Um, which pundits do, and it just shows lazy journalism. And before you know it, these lazy journalists will get caught in a Wikipedia trap somewhere. <laughs> the tangled webs that the black widows <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's... that wasn't even going to be my hands in the rock, it was actually going to be Mike Brown. Right, go for it, Mike Brown, then. Did Let's you... have. Um, did you see the stamp? <laughs> right. So, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of people saying, "Oh, it's a shame how that's his Harlequin's career has ended." He's he's got a six week ban, um, which I think he's very lucky to get away with because uh, end, the, entry level of twelve weeks he was given. Yeah, have you seen the sort of scorecards that the English Rugby Union have brought out? So yep. entry point is twelve weeks, um, and then there's just like a bunch of tick boxes. Yeah, so head contact, aye, reckless, aye, intentional, no. Uh, mm. All right, player injured, vulnerability of player because the player was on the floor. Now I don't know if you've seen it, but he's basically stamped on. Uh, he's not basically. He has stamped on Tom Taylor's face. He has. Yeah. Uh, he could quite easily have taken an eye out, um, and I think he could have avoided stamping on his face. Um, I think. I think I, when I watched it back, so I saw the reaction to it first, and obviously, again, Mike Brown's a player that I love to hate. So I wanted it to be bad. And then I seen it and I went, do you know what? I can I can see both sides of it, but it is very reckless. And there's enough there that says it could have been avoided. So I think he had he got twelve weeks, he would have been lucky. I think six weeks is actually criminal that he's got away with only six weeks. Whether it ends his Harlequin's career or not, let's be honest, his Harlequin's career ended like two years ago because he's been guff ever since. He's been crying recently about how he didn't get a new contract, but then Harlequin's came and said we offered him three new contracts in the space of 12 months. Um, yeah. So it's, it's hard to know. Well, he'll, he'll, he'll head off to Newcastle with, I'm sure, the best wishes of everyone. I don't think the new some of the Newcastle fans uh, their reactions don't seem too chuffed about having him because he he did come out and say um, if it was up to me I wouldn't be going so that's that's a way to endear yourself to your new fans eh? It should it should take a leaf out of an Andy Good playbook and I can't believe I'm saying that but you know go and go and just endear yourself to the fans that you're going to run out in front of don't. Uh, he always was a wee bit of a prima donna, though, wasn't he? He, th- he thought the world of himself. And I remember the interviews with, um, so it was before before Scotland, England, and they probably beat us. I can't remember which one it was, but Mike Brown was playing fullback. They'd done like a 10, 15-minute segment on him before the game where they were talking about how he'd been working with a, a sprint coach 
and how he was as fast as he had ever been and he was as strong and he was an animal in the park and it was just utterly cringe and made me loathe him even more i mean i disliked him anyway because he has that sort of face about where you're just looking at him going i don't like you and then put him in a white england shirt and give him that build up and yeah i mean we're just never going to get on we're not going to see eye to eye good (laughs) sorry that's a but i mean that's not going to get us kicked off facebook hopefully Um, so um in terms of hands in the rock i so i'm just checking to make sure i'm going to go back to our secret super secret uh facebook page just to check if we've had any entries yeah the hdf oh there's us oh hello um i will be behind just to see oh we've got um so we've got a couple of hands of the rock. um yeah so one uh in in kai says hands of the rock, mike brown that's it fair news <coughs> um shona milligan um hands of the rock james haskell going on social media to complain about allowing people online to dictate what we do say and what's right and wrong and not seeing the irony in this also instagram mm. for suggesting i follow james haskell yeah <laughs> After our chat about James Haskell a couple of weeks ago, I had someone message me immediately after the podcast and they said simply, this James Haskell guy sounds like a right Roman Platt. <clears throat> they had no idea who he was, but based on your, your chat about how many's Doug, um, <laughs> yeah, he was, he was dubbed. He was dubbed the Roman Platt. So, um, other hands and rucks, we've got Gavin uh, Gavin Brocky, uh, hands and ruck line, re line squad, Irish journalist, ex Irish rugby players, pundits. Yes, um, also, oh, does Edinburgh have an attack coach? I think, um, one of those Irish pundits who would be uh criticizing Scotland players would be Luke Fitzgerald, and I know of a particular forum who would give out an award called the Fitzy Award, which is for the stupidest comment of the week. So that's what people think of uh, Luke Fitzgerald. It, it Even I does. people think he's an idiot. He doesn't really endear himself to anyone, does he? So no. um, then um, Craig, Craig Manson, again, you're, you're getting all the mentions tonight, mate. Um, his hands are up. Is George Horn on the bench and not getting on the pitch? Seriously, we bracket Edinburgh would quite happily start him. Take your wandering eyes elsewhere, young man. Did you notice that Schumann and Nell paid the full eighty minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I suppose I they don't have a they don't have a lot of running about to do because they were just walking to set piece after set piece after Luke Glasgow gave away penalties. But um, I mean, especially <laughs> Nell. Yeah, Nell. Nell had thirty-five. He had a big match for eighty minutes yeah. as well. <laughs> I thought he was. I thought he was very good. Mm. Ah, he's, he's still an incredible scrubber. Yeah, yeah. I liked the, um, I liked the commentary. Um, was it the thing Hamilton was saying? Not Jim Hamilton. The other Hamilton, uh, Rory, Rory Hamilton. Rory Hamilton was saying that he has him has him penned in for the twenty twenty five lines. Yeah, I was like, aye, that's that's brilliant. Uh, so last answer up. It's more uh, LMLC. Legally mandated lines chat. I was just sorry. Um, we've got to work out our acronym here. It can be quite difficult. This is Mark Bell. 
I know, man, there's aye, too many acronyms going around. Uh, given that Gats is building his test starting 15 around Chris Harris, who should he select at 12 in the back three to provide appropriate platform on which Chris can demonstrate his greatness? I love everything you've just said in that hands, <laughs> hands in the ruck. Um, so, Harris at 13, who does he pick at 12? See, if I, w- I want just some an attack, I just want them running straight lines at each at South African, so I want Robbie Henshaw. Robbie and Henshaw th- at 12, then? I think defensively, the pair of them would be a bit of a brick wall as well, because Henshaw right. does He's it. He's solid, isn't he? Right, yeah. so we're saying Russell at 10, Henshaw... I'm, I'm not even having a debate about 10, by the way. I'm not having this. This is banned <laughs> from now on. Anyone mentions the B word, you can go and go to... <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah, that word, that's banned. I'm going to edit that out with a bleep. Um, so Russell at 10, Henshaw at 12, Harris at 13, Duhan, Hogg, and who's who's our last wing? Either yeah. Watson or Reese Samet? Yeah, I'd go with Watson. Aye, the new, <clears throat> until Reese Samet plays the first test and absolutely runs rings around everybody. And then you go, aye, you're quite good, mate. You can be on you can be on our team. Aye, that seems like I, I think hopefully hopefully uh, Mark that answers your question. Um we think we think Henshaw is your twelve. I think if Bundyaki gets near a line shirt like at a test level, I'll be very sad about that. But not from the not from the racist perspective, but from the like the rugby talent perspective. But I know you like Aki Ian, so... Uh, well, you know, just because it's made me look clever. <laughs> That's <so amazing. laughs> I love it. Uh, so, my my hands in the rock, just to finish this up. Um, we're fast approaching an hour and a half. I thought we'd be on for an hour max. Um, my hands in the rock is back to the start. Lovely. All the way around we go. Henry Purgos. And... Henry Pargos's reaction to being elbowed in the face. Um, I'm now going to let loose a little bit because it was quite quite reserved earlier on. Yes, Kebble did make contact with him. Henry Pargos has absolutely milked that for all it's worth. And anyone who disagrees, he goes down, holds both sides of his face, and then immediately gets back up and starts pointing fingers. I don't know the last time you were elbowed in the face, Ian, but last time I was, I didn't really feel like getting back up and pointing fingers after it. I felt a bit sore, like I'd been elbowed in the face. Um, and when I last got elbowed in the face, it wasn't by a 20-stone South African. Sorry, I should say well, Scots qualified South African. Yeah, but then... Then that implies that you know Kebble's just got so much force on it that it's caused a shockwave through Pergos's jaw and entire cranium, which has forced him to clutch both sides of his face. Um, yeah, I think I think he realises once he's decked it, he's kind of Neymar'd it. Because um, when we it look, it kind of hits him. It's, it's in the lower part of the jaw. Um, it doesn't look a mass amount of force, but he's gone down like with the double clasp, you know, the the famous double clasp of, of Rivaldo, wasn't it? 
double clasp and yes, yeah, hit off the thigh with the Turkish uh, was it the Turkish boy, yeah. yeah. I mean that's that guy's name now. Was yeah. it Emmy Chan? Was it? Um, but oh, yeah, it's that classic. Like they do the double clasp so that they, they can like keep keep a wee hole between their eyes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hole just, between their hands, just so their fingers can get out and see. Is that I'm in trouble yet? Man, I, oh, oh, is there a bought it? Yeah. Oh no, oh no, he's um, not. I'm going to get up and run and point fingers no, if, out. If Jonathan Sexton did that, as he has done, we've got enough or not at it. Yeah. Um, we all remember the Alex Dunbar incident when he. Got judo tossed and then held the opposite side of his head to the one that he landed on. Um, and I think I think Porgos has kind of done the same, but then a wee bit of guilt has hit him as he's as he's gone <laughs> and he's going, "Oh no, I look like a bit of a sweary word now. I'm going to go up yep. and I'll go up and gently threaten a prop because he'll tear my head off if I actually get in a fight with him." <laughs> It was a it was a bold statement, wasn't it? it was, to go and say, "Oh, how dare you elbow me in the face!" Um, it's like I wouldn't be going back for afters if I'd just been elbowed in the face by the elbow. Like, to be fair, I mean, you're absolutely right. The sexton point, right? If Henry was a Glasgow player, we'd be saying the exact same. Like, but Stuart Hawk done his wee dive in the World Cup in 2015. I I was embarrassed by that. I thought it was. I thought it was really a really rubbish thing to do, and it's not something we want to see. And we've all criticised players for doing it. It's creeping into the sport more and more. But I do wonder if the captain's challenge is going to be utilised in that way because it's almost a great opportunity. So Pergos is in the wrong initially. He should. It's a Glasgow penalty, and he should never be going to get that ball right. And that, that we know, we know that players do that. It's, you know, kick the ball away from you, pull it back, etc., etc. Fine. Your job's to not react. <clears throat> but it almost make he's, he's he's bringing a situation about where he knows that there's a possibility where Ollie Campbell's going to throw him or move him out the way. And if he is then able to, by chance, get hit in the right place, let's say, then it benefits Edinburgh for 20 minutes. And he is weird, so, you know. Yeah, so uh, an elbow or an arm, like, let's be honest, we've all moved an arm out of the way to get someone out of our way when we're playing rugby. If you're, you know, half a foot shorter... Or you know, <laughs> a wee bit shorter, an elbow can quite easily swing at you and hit you in the face. And being very clear, Kebble should never do that ever. He should never be throwing his arms like that because it's inviting trouble. And I think he does deserve to be sent off for it. Henry Pergus's reaction is really, really poor, and I think. Anyone who's defending it just needs to have a wee look at the look at the Johnny Sexton stuff and criticising Johnny Sexton for his rolling about, rightly criticising him for rolling about. Henry Pergos has done the same. I'm sorry, guys. I know he's wanted to defend him and stuff, but he has done the same, and it's no, it's not on. It's not in the spirit of what we're trying to do. I also don't think there's like I don't think you should be yellow carded for it. I don't think there should be any like 
punishment necessarily for it. I just think he really just needs to have a look at himself. Take a look at yourself, mate. <laughs> take a look in the mirror. Take a, take a look in the mirror, man. Mirror. <laughs> so, one hour, 31 minutes, and I think, unless there's anything else from you, good sir. No, I've prattled on quite enough. You've prattled on quite enough. I have blown my voice out once more, so I am probably all done for the eve. So, with that, um, if, if you hobble to the kitchen at some point, Jeez. hobble to the kitchen. Well, do you know what? I bet your hobble is more comfortable because you have got your manscape.com kit. So, <laughs> if <laughs> the pH balance is absolutely spot on, then there exactly. Thanks so to that, the ball deodorant. Love a bit of ball deodorant. Oosh. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you, everyone who's got involved tonight. Thank you for all your comments. Good to see some new new commenters out there as well. Get yourself involved. We will be back um, next week. Um, I will be back next week. Hopefully, um, we're talking about more 1872. Is it? Can we call it 1872 next week? No, it's probably just, no, it's just but, it's, Edinburgh, it's, Glasgow. It's becoming like a police academy <laughs> series, isn't it? We're going to have like, you know, Edinburgh, Glasgow 12, the uh, mission to Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I've, I've seen at least six police academy movies. I've seen them all and I, I actually am a big fan. I, I just want to put that out there for the record. Oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're... Oh, superb! That's a great effort. Uh, yeah. Did you get them on the BBC without the adverts? No, but I mean, did you never do the? If you're watching it live, jump forward and hit pause. There we go. Hell never yeah. hit stop. Don't hit stop because it takes a while for the record. And, the, and then you used to get worried when you were like recording things, like if you were really posh and you'd. Uh, um, like WrestleMania and stuff like that, and you you would know it would be on at like one in the morning, and you have school the next day. You're like, right, I need to record this, and you'd have to put the video on at long play. <sighs> bad times, mate. Bad times. Bad times. Anyway, that is enough of us talking utter nonsense for tonight. Have a great evening, everyone, and we will see you again it is been a pleasure so it's bye from me and bye from ian cheery bye